Welcome back to the ES Advantage podcast, and thanks for connecting with us again. As we've shared with you in our previous episodes, this podcast is dedicated to helping owner operators and trucking business owners in your efforts to make your operations more efficient and more profitable. Here's your host, Jeff Reese, the Director of Sales and Marketing for Vendor Network Services at ES. Hello again, my road warrior friends. It's great to be back with you on this podcast. With this episode, we're going to place the spotlight on insurance. In a moment, you'll hear my conversation with our guest, Tony Dennis from Seabright Agency. I wanted to really bring this up at the beginning of the year, at least the first quarter, especially since the more that we've been talking with our customers and with people that are out there, a lot of owner operators are making changes right now, making decisions, moving around from working with one carrier, moving to another carrier, just trying to make the right business decisions to put more money in their pockets, to continue to feed their families, to continue to keep the wheels rolling. And with that, one thing that has really kind of been brought to the forefront in our conversations is, well, what about the insurance? One thing that I've learned, and I'm learning this as we go along here too, but there's not just one type of insurance that covers everything. The more we dig in, the more we're realizing that you've got to make sure that you're not insured just to be legal, but you're insured to protect your business. You're insured to protect your family, your home, your income. All that can be done at an affordable price, but you have to know the right questions to ask and you have to understand what you have to accept from a carrier and what you don't have to accept, what you can go out and look for on your own so that you can make the right decision for your business and for your family. That's why I really wanted to bring Tony on here. He is extremely experienced in this. He has not only been working in the insurance industry for years and years and years, but he also has sat on the other side of the desk. So he's owned his own trucking company. Not only does he know how to properly insure a trucking business, but he has also gone through the pain that I'm sure everybody else is experiencing with the ups and downs of the economy, the pressures of rising costs all that stuff. He has also been through it on that side of the desk. So he's got a very unique perspective and he's just a really good friend of mine. I lean on him a lot, especially on this subject. So I wanted you all to hear his perspective as well. And joining me today on our podcast is Tony Dennis. Tony, how are you doing today? Doing great, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing well, doing real well. First of all, I just wanted to thank you. Thank you for the time that you're going to spend just walking us through the industry of insurance as it relates to the trucking industry. But really, before we get into that topic, I'd like you to just kind of give maybe a little bit of history of your experience in the transportation industry itself. I'd be glad to do that. I think the company has a kind of a unique way of doing business and it's carried not only from the very beginnings, but it's also applied itself all the way through today, including transportation. Seabright initially was actually owned by Foremost Insurance, and we didn't want to be an every person agency. We didn't want to write your personal home, your auto. The only thing that I know is farming and trucking. So we decided farming was too vast, but trucking was something you could get your hands around being owning trucks and putting them to work as owner operators or fleets or lease. I had all that experience and it was easily transformed into the office. So we began doing transportation. The marketing really took off because of our understanding of the owner operator. And first of all, as a belief as a person, there's no industry in this country more important to me than trucking. 
There's nothing you eat. There's nothing you wear. There's nothing you consume. There's nothing you own that some portion or multi portions of it wasn't trucked, whether it's the apple you're eating, the hamburger, the pizza, the flour, it's trucked from the field. Every aspect of it, even in the manufacturing side of it, the paper had to be milled. Trucks touch the logs that create it to the paper mill who sends it off for the wrappers. And then it ends up in a hamburger store and then it wrapped and you take it out. So trucking touches everybody. It's so important to the overall economy. It's important to our general health. If the trucking industry catches a cold, the country has pneumonia. And that's kind of the way we looked at it. And one of the issues, because I drove for myself, is that you want to protect the owner-operator. And doing so, you also have to make the motor carrier as important to that truck driver. But the motor carrier, if it's a non-asset-based company, needs the owner-operator. So you have to protect both, and that's a delicate balance. Sometimes what's good for one is not necessarily good for the other. That's how we got into it. And we started applying that to insurance. We looked at what they do from the owner-operator model, and we said, there's a lot of things that can be changed. So we started creating products that doesn't exist. We've showed you in your current business. Right now, we're still it. We're a quiet little company. People may know of us, we may have met them, but our intent is to stay small and quiet. This may change just because of what you're doing, but right now for the last 40 plus years, we've just been a quiet little guy out there changing the world and we're doing very, very well at it. I love that small business, big impact. Yes. That's what I love about what we do. Same kind of mentality there, which is I think why we mesh so well together. We've got really good synergies. We've got the same desire to help the owner operators and the small fleet owners out there. So you've got definitely a unique perspective on the insurance side of things and your ability to be able to put things together that make sense, that's affordable, that properly covers owner operators and some of these small fleets that are really looking for a solution. It's been mind blowing to me just looking in from the outside. First of all, how much work goes into it, but then also just how impactful it can be, not just on, we can save you a few dollars on your premium, but also on the fact that there's a lot of owner operators out there that don't realize what they don't have, what they're not covered for. So I guess that kind of leads me into, if you're a driver today, that's really looking at dipping your toe into going into ownership and becoming an owner operator and contracting on with somebody else, what would be the first thing from an insurance perspective that you would really start looking at from a coverage side of things? Well, typically as an owner operator, when you go to lease on, I think most guys will agree with this, is you go into a motor carrier, an ABC motor carrier, if you would. And what you first care about is how much money you're going to make, right? So you can plan your expenses, but you got to know your expenses. You figure out if you can make enough money gross to cover everything and still have a profit and take care of the household once you get home. Because you got two things to worry about. The normal thing of producing the income and then taking it home to take care of your household expenses. When you go into a motor carrier and you sit down in that interview, they will have already negotiated your coverages and they will have negotiated your price because it's based on their past experience. So when yep. you go into a motor carrier, he may pay you the greatest. He may have had some claims issues. His rates may be higher than somebody else. 
So you have to look at the net. How much do I gross? So if my FISDAM premium is higher than everywhere else, my occupational accident is higher, my non-trucking, am I responsible for non-trucking? When does it apply in your physical damage? Prepaid legal, who bears those expenses? Do they have penalties for impacts, at-fault impacts? What does it do to your premium? I think most guys go in and hopefully they take a broad look and ask the right questions and ask about those things. Because it's the one time, and this is why AB5 is such a pain, is AB5 says, hey, look, you come into me as an owner-operator and I will have taken care of everything. Coverages, you're under my auto liability for a pretty good reason, my cargo. But everything past that really belongs to the owner-operator. But they will have negotiated that for you. At that point, you're subject to their rate. Well, rates can vary. Policies can vary. The average truck driver doesn't want to be an insurance agent. He doesn't want to go and study what the difference is between the policies and how come one charges 4% and one charges 6%. If I go out on my own as a single owner operator, it could be higher. And I could go over here and it could be 3%. Why do I have to worry about what's an ACV and stated value? They just want to know that they got coverage. There's some warmth to that and a good comfort feeling, but the problem is it may have actually caused you harm. You do have to know some things. While most motor carriers just, yep, we got you covered, and away you go. I do want you to ask questions, and I do want you to know if it's your truck and you're leasing that truck, you want to make sure that that truck is going to be well covered in the event of an accident, right? I think our bottom line to the coverages that the owner operator should have, what is the right coverages? What do I need? And I think that's where we start, right? If you're an owner operator, the first thing that you need to protect is you. You're the number one asset to your company. Because if you don't get up and move, your truck won't move by itself. Put a driver in it. Now you've changed your MO. But today as an owner operator, single guy, your truck, and you lease onto a motor carrier, you need to protect you. That makes perfect sense. Absolutely. So as soon as you protect you, and how do you protect you? You want to make sure that you have an impact to take care of your personal life and your business life in the event of becoming disabled, becoming injured, or even perishing. This is not a safe business. At some point, we'll outpace farming for injuries. That's our trajectory today. But I think in the short term, you got to protect you. Then you got to protect that truck. And then you have to protect everything that follows in your footsteps. And you've just become a large tree. You started with A. Now you got a truck and a driver yourself. Now you got your household, your family, and your financial future. Are you saving? You're doing all those things. It can go on. But here's the thing when you take a look at the coverage is that you're going to be asked to buy, the first thing they're going to tell you is they'll probably pay for the auto liability. They'll probably pay for the cargo. And at that point, it's the owner-operator's packages. So we start with physical damage. You're going to cover that truck. Do I start with ACV or do I go by stated value? And do I even know what the difference is? Well, ACV means it's the actual cash value of today. So you own a truck three days Just like buying a brand new car, what happens to that value? It goes down. If you took a loan on that, how does your equity in your truck progress? It starts out very slow, right? So I could make 10 payments and owe more on the truck than I paid for it. Very quickly. And the value of that truck in the open market could be a lot less than what you paid for it. I could total that truck and end up owing money, even though I have it fully covered. 
So one of the things that can be done is you can purchase something called GAAP, which says, hey, look, if the market fluctuates on ACV, we'll pay you the stated value. So that's a stated value policy. If it's worth 50000 you buy the policy for 50000 for 12 months, we'll cover it for 50000 The ACV says, well, I'll cover it for actual cash value minus your deductible. All of a sudden, you find a $50,000 truck on the open market and truck papers is only worth $40,000. Subtract $1,000, now you're at $39,000 and the payoff is $48,000. Well, your deductible just grew because you have to pay the difference. And if you didn't have the money to put down in the first place, probably won't have saved it in six months to pay it off. So at that point, you have to have gap to bring it up to the value of the loan. And it costs different. Oh, I'm sure it does. But then also, especially right now, it's a very valid point because we've seen over the past several months, I mean, the used truck market prices have been just crazy, but everything always corrects. So if you bought during one time of the year where used truck prices were much higher and then things adjust, there is going to be a pretty big gap there. If something happens and you have to total out your truck and pay that difference. I mean, that could be thousands and thousands of dollars. Yes. The truck is just a tool to make an income until you wreck it and can't fix it. You don't want it to be a liability, right? Sure. So what we have to start with is you have to know what you're trying to do and ask the right questions. So again, you may go to work for a motor carrier who offers you a physical damage program and it's ACV, but you have a problem and they don't have gap. You don't want to find out that you are lacking that coverage. You have a void. And when you have a claim, you want to know, ask the question when you go in. Chances are the motor carrier will have negotiated those coverages on your behalf. The second thing is when you go into occupational accident, there's three components to occupational accident. The first is medical. Most plans out there will go to a million. Most of them have zero deductibles, which is great. Most of them allow you to go to any doctor for any reason, as long as it's a work-related injury. And it'll cover you up Mm -hmm. to a million dollars. And that's a fairly safe number. The second component of it is it will provide you with some form of AD&D, accidental death and dismemberment. The AD&D can come to you and you'll see a large number. Let's say it says 250. The first thing you want to make sure is some portion of that can be assigned to a funeral home. So in the event something bad really did happen, that the motor carrier isn't trying to hook up money to pay for a funeral to keep from litigation from you as an owner operator and your family has no money. So by having a policy that you can assign to a funeral home, oftentimes eliminates that entire conversation. And it really helps a motor carrier when they can call the spouse and say, look, here's a policy. All you have to do is call and they can assign their expenses against it so you can settle at a future date. That's a great thing to do. Make sure it does that. The second thing is the short-term and long-term disability. Most of them have a seven-day wait with a 14-day kickback, meaning you've been injured for a total of seven. Benefits will begin at day one or day seven. The policies will vary, but those are the two common factors. The short term will take care of for a year, 104 weeks, two years. And then when does it end? If you're out there today and you're 35 years old, somebody has to ask you what retirement age is. People are going to tell you 62 and a half, 65. Well, the real answer is you can retire at those ages, but your social security benefits may be impacted at a best. Even at my age, I'm better to retire at 66 and four months than I am at 65. And I'm still better to retire at 70. 65 isn't the answer and 62 isn't the answer. So make sure your policy carries you to age 70. 
that gives you full exposure and term to get the most out of your social security. And that can integrate with it. But the disability income is only designed actually to take care of your household expenses. That's what it's designed for. If right. you have a typical policy, you probably make enough to make your house payment, car payment, a motorcycle payment, a boat payment, whatever you got. You probably don't have enough left over out of there to make a truck payment or the expenses of being self-employed. It's a huge fight when the motor carrier gets sued by an owner-operator saying, I'm an employee, and his position is, I came into you, you took care of everything except my business. So I must be an employee. I have no sympathy for motor carriers who get sued in reclassification because they didn't negotiate to take care of him being in business. And then when he says, I'm more in your business than mine, they get mad. Well, shame on them. If they didn't think about his truck payments, they didn't think about his repair bills. If you own DEF, you know what I'm talking about in the newer models. So guys go mm -hmm. to the older models. Now I got repair bills. I just put a brand new engine in a 2379 Pete. The whole bill was about 30 grand. You finance yeah, that. Yeah, that's not cheap. Yep. No, it's not cheap. And you finance that. So even if that truck and me go down, I still have to make that payment. Can't give it back to the bank because yep. yep. borrowing money is our livelihood. We generate a lot of money with trucks. Lots of money can pass through our hands. The key is to hold some of it. That takes time. If you're a young guy or a young gal getting in the trucking business, you're not going to put away a whole bunch of money day one. But over a fairly substantial period of time, you will have massed a great deal of money done right. But if they negotiated all my insurance premiums and all my coverages and they didn't cover my business, shame on them. So you as an owner operator better cover your own business. And if you choose not to, then you're saying your business isn't worth a lot. And then for you to claim you're their employee, I disagree with that as well. So they make a thing that we created about five years ago. It's business overhead expense for owner operators. You can get it as large as you want, but let's say 1500 a month for a starting point. So if you become disabled for 12 months, you're going to receive $1,500 a month in addition to your disability payment. And it's solely designed to take care of your business expenses. Now, you don't have to prove to me, the insurance company or anyone else, that you have expenses. We give you that credit for just being in business. We know you're in business. You're an owner-operator. That lease agreement to me yeah. that we have to have shows me you're in business. Now, I've protected both my personal income and my household so that my spouse doesn't scream when I have to just say, wait, do I make the house payment this month or the truck payment? They could take my truck. That's not an answer. The no. answer is to give him a policy that allows everyone to cover both. And we do that. And right now, I can safely say we're the only ones out there in the country that do that. And I think it's those differences in our policy structure that set us apart. It costs more. It always costs more to do something right and you're enhancing it, that policy costs $32 a month to 36 That's a cheap policy. What's it cost to get an attorney to defend you? He says, now I'm his employer if I'm a motor carrier. And the driver's going to say, well, show me where I'm protecting my business. I can't get coverages as cheap as I can get it through you because you have big numbers. 50 people can buy insurance cheaper than one. But if you don't know where to call, then right. it may be a problem to you. And I think that's one of the other issues you have. And you go past occupational accident, you go into, can I get workers' comp? Do I need workers' comp? Well, if you have employees, you need workers' comp. And then it goes into non-trucking. What is non-trucking? 
Why do people call it Bob tip? What's the difference? And which one should I have? Well, that'll come in your lease agreement, usually designated by the motor carrier. They'll set the requirements for you and they'll tell you the differences in their eyes in your lease agreement and you will buy accordingly. Then you have prepaid legal. I get out on the open road. I get a ticket. Whether it's justified, unjustified, the ticket should be negotiated. Three things should happen in every ticket. Either I get it thrown out of court, which probably won't happen. I get my fine reduced, which can happen. More importantly, I get my fine reduced and I get my points reassessed so I can agree to a lesser of a ticket. So, Jeff, I will give you an example. I'm an officer. I just pull you over. And I say, Jeff, you know that 92 mile an hour speed ticket? I'll give you two choices. I'll give you a speed, 80, 10 over, or you can take a seatbelt. Which one do you want? I'll tell you what, I would wish that I had a governor on my vehicle at that point in time. <laughs> hey, but most guys would take the seatbelt. Guess what? Yeah. Seatbelt yep. isn't reckless driving. It has more points assessed to it than it speeds at certain miles per hour. You wouldn't know that, right? Right. So you now took a seat belt and you just went about your way, thought and you just saved yourself a whole bunch. And look, you know, I don't have to tell the motor carrier I got a speeding ticket. So prepaid legal allows you to make those decisions. They'll defend you. They'll reduce those points. They can reduce the fine. They can get it thrown out of court. They can make sure that it stays off your safer scores. It's protecting your asset, your driving ability. Days are long. Those white lines look like dots. Sometimes you just forget what you're doing a little bit and you kick her up, but it does have an effect on everything you do. So what we want to do is to protect that. So do they offer that to you? And if they don't offer it, can I go get it? And where should I go get it? Who gives the best? Well, in your case, you guys have already negotiated a plan with great rates for individuals. He could take it back to his motor carrier and see if he could get it in there. That's one way. Buy it himself. He can just worry about himself. And I think that's important. Then you I have agree. all the other issues to go with it. You guys have to get people in there, fuel discounts. You can talk about that. You can talk about getting some maintenance discounts. I think you can look at all those things. So sometimes wearing that hat of truck driver doesn't give you all the background for all those subjects. Then sure. you have to trust. That's Absolutely. where meeting a person like yourself or having exposure to somebody here at our agency is important or whoever your agency is. Sometimes agents are bound by what they can sell because I'm not a salesman. I always look at it and say, insurance salesmen, they all sell 13E shoes. Whatever that 13E shoe is, that's what they have to sell. And that's what you're going to look at. Or they're a broker. Well, I'll take it out to the marketplace. Well, the marketplace is shrinking. There are only a few carriers out there on the auto side, which that typically would go to the motor carrier. But typically when you do that, when you uncouple the auto from the FISDAM, the rates then start to show. And that's when you start to see a difference in premiums and types of coverages and policy. I think everybody would agree yeah. with that. So I guess that brings me to a question here because we talked about working with the motor carrier. The motor carrier goes out and negotiates these rates. And then you're talking about, all right, you're looking at signing on with these and contracting with this motor carrier. You should ask those questions, but not every motor carrier provides the same insurance coverage right. to those that contract with them. So I think it's very important to know what to ask, but also 
do they have to sign up and do they have to use the insurance that the motor carrier is providing? Is that a requirement in order to contract with that motor carrier or can they go out and look themselves? Well, I think at that point, you have to distinguish between the policies that go directly to the motor carrier, like the auto liability and the cargo. I think those are undisputable. They stay with it. Otherwise, you become your own motor carrier. The rest of it, you're right. Is it portable? So I buy their insurance. So here's a great example. This is one that frustrates me to this day. I go to work for ABC Truck and I buy their FizzDam and I quit tomorrow. Been there seven years. I've had it. Somebody behind the wall got me mad. Didn't get enough money in my check. I don't care what the problem is. I quit. What happens the minute I quit? My policies all go away because who owns them? A motor carrier. Motor carrier. So that takes us right back to reclassification. This is how foolish we are as an industry. I'm a motor carrier out there and I got 5,000 trucks and I go out, I issue my own auto liability. It's issued to me. It covers the owner operator. I do the same for cargo. That policy is issued to the motor carrier, negotiated by the motor carrier, and the owner operator is covered. So let's talk about the owner operator. He goes in, the first thing he gets is the physical damage, right? That policy is issued to the owner operators of said motor carrier. He quits and goes away. Is he in business? No, his business is done. He bought occupational accident. He quit. It goes away. Is he in business? Doc Act doesn't cover his business. Is he really a business? That is the question. I bought non-trucking. I quit. Does that policy allow me to move around and get back home? No, because I quit. No. Prepaid legal is issued to the motor carrier because it also protects the motor carrier. I quit. It's gone. If I own my own policies, I control my own destiny. I'm not always saying that's the best idea. But for the most part, if you can get the policies to come in and be somewhat portable, it's a big deal. I can tell you if you quit and you got to get home, they're going to pay for you to get home. They have to at least do that for you, even if you're mad can't stiff them. You can't harm them. You can't, I quit and drop my load off in a Kroger's parking lot and expect to have good results. You got to have a little more professionalism than that. But those are all real things and they're all real problems. And everybody closes their eye and then screams. I wonder why everybody's up my skirt that my owner operators aren't deemed to be a real business. Well, how about start with those very concepts? So they can come to a company like you and they can buy that fuel card that can save them a dollar a gallon or whatever the current marketplace is. That's a real business decision that he made and can stand in his corner to show that he can stand up as an owner operator and move from a motor carrier to a motor carrier. Then you know you're really in business for yourself. I think you're exactly right. It may not be the right move for every single thing, but the more separation that an owner operator can actually create from the motor carrier themselves, the motor carrier ought to be happy about that, don't you think? You would think. We never called them truck drivers. They were always called professional truck drivers. It was a profession. It still is a profession. I agree with that. And the thing that has taken away isn't the intelligence of the driver. That's still there. The desire to be on your own, the desire to control most of your daily environment is still there. What's been taken away from the owner-operator is the ability to negotiate his own coverages. Back 20 years ago, well, in the late 90s, I would say, I saw a shift where it started asking for the absurdities. The owner-operators got away from themselves. But I think that the concept that they had at the time was probably right. I know for a fact it was because it enabled us to build all these products that exist today in our control to keep that owner-operator separated from the motor carrier. It's a huge thing. Both the motor carrier from the owner-operator, but we also protect the owner-operator from the motor carrier. So it goes both ways. 
I think if both parties have mutual respect and they're both protected, there's a mm -hmm. great bond that can be made between them two. And you can see guys come and stay 20, 30 years. I still think that's possible. I still believe that. I think this craziness and turnover because everybody's looking for a dime or a penny a mile. And there's something to be said with being able to make a fair amount of money. The fuel card, as you well know, Motor carriers can, there are those cases out there where they take the lion's share of the savings and keep it. Whereas if you pass that on, that owner operator is really making more money. And if he's making good money, he will stay, right? I agree. You get pizza yes. from your favorite place to get pizza when you can, when it's an option. But if you Absolutely. don't like that pizza, you go somewhere else and you'll spend a lot of time looking. Take those fears away from behind the seat. And that's what you have to do. And I yes, think sir. that's where they fail. People sell insurance because that's what they do. I think you create policies and an environment with both consumer being the trucker and the motor carrier. If you give each the professionalism to cover them fully from the general public and the general public from them, we protect the driver and you protect the motor carrier. That three-legged stool still stands very well today. That's beautifully put. I love that. Just kind of, I guess, oversimplify it. I think that there is a difference between being legal and having insurance coverage, but you're still liable for a whole lot. And then actually having the proper coverage that you're truly protected, but not just you as a driver, but your business, your family, everything, all of it is properly protected and covered. So in my opinion, every owner operator and small fleet owners should be looking, don't just take it at the motor carrier's word that, yeah, you're covered. What does that mean? What exactly is covered? What about gap? All that stuff needs to be taken into consideration before you put ink on paper. Yeah, you need to go home and do the math. If it doesn't work on paper, it's not going to work in real life. So you got to look at the math, look at the miles, look at however you're getting paid. There's always going to be the unforeseen. But as a rule, if you look at it on a everyday operation, can I make it go? Yes. Can I save for those moments when it won't go? Right now, my understanding is the board is tight. So there's a few less loads than there was a month ago, and it may get a little less yet. But I think if you do those things, look at your coverage, say you're going to spend X amount of dollars. Am I protected? And at the end of the day, you have to have a little respect as a driver for the motor carrier. I understand the motor carrier's frustration. A driver comes, he gets a bad speed in an accident, whatever. He quits, walks away. Guess who's stuck with that accident for the next three years? The motor carrier. Right. That makes sense too. Yes, sir. Right. And then so an insurance company will come and say, get rid of that guy. So they do. So they create their own turnover. And the statistic will tell me a guy that had an accident is probably going to be pretty clean for the next two years because he's going to be paying high risk for his insurance and he's got to be on his best behavior. So keep that driver and let him know that it costs him and penalize him. I have no problem with that either. I think a driver should expect it. If you've been a bad boy, mama's going to pound you. Just the way life is. <laughs> that's life. <laughs> yeah, that's life. Suck it up, buttercup. But when we do with these owner operators and the motor carriers, there are things that can be done by companies like yours to make it pleasant for both sides. And I think a lot of it is just the knowledge of what you have. Maybe twice a year, we get to go out and speak to motor carriers and actually tell them what they have, the drivers, what they have. The only time we really have contact with them is when they call in with a problem. And the first right. thing you're always doing with them is explaining what they have. For the owner operators who negotiate on their own, the call in here, they get an education. And you would hope everybody does that. But 
just the pure numbers that we see, we can tell most of them come in blind of understanding. They think they know, and that's great. And with a little conversation, you can enlighten them, send them articles, and make them a better consumer of insurance products. So when they talk to their insurance agent or whoever they're getting it through, they look better. And that's yep. good. Look better, and we've done that. You didn't buy your insurance here? Great. We've done a good job I will say this too. If you have an agent that you're working with and all they're doing is quoting you a price, you need to look into your policy. It needs to be a consultation. Things change in the industry often. So if all they're doing is just giving you a price and telling you it's the cheapest price out there, I would highly recommend that you truly understand what that coverage is because what they should be doing is consulting with you and making sure that you're properly covered. And Tony, I will give props to you because we've been working with a lot of owner operators and I've seen some light bulbs go off over people's heads and I've seen some people slap the forehead not realizing that they were undercovered and really exposed for a lot of money if there was any kind of mishap. I just want to thank you just for being transparent, for taking the time, because that does take time. You're not just pumping out numbers. You're helping them understand what they have today, what they should have to make sure that their business is protected, their families are protected. I think that says a lot to really your passion for the industry and your passion for making sure that these owner operators stay in business. Thank you. The fire burns deep in this office, starting with me, but we have made a good living off owner-operators. I would never tell anybody we haven't. And we've had people that have had a bad experience, but there's so far and few between. Not every accident comes out with the verdict you want, but we believe if we've protected all the parties, and I think that's what we bring to the table for not only you, but even the agents that don't even work here. I mean, how many of those guys have we talked to? went in and you educate them on how to do things. I think that's huge for us. We're a quiet little company. And I think the more time that elapses, more people have heard of us, but don't realize what we do. We are a program agency and working with people like Jeff and some of the other bigger accounts that we've worked with because of you and the exposure that we have got because of our relationships, it's a small world. And at yes, the sir. end of the day, I think we all walk out of here with our head held high. We sleep well at night. And when that bad thing happens to our driver, we're right there with him and we know how to fight the claim. And then I'll tell you the other thing, one of the other top someday on another show, you should cover just the topic. I have a claim. I called my agent, turned it in. Now it's going poorly. And if the agent isn't in there to help direct, make sure it stays on track, a lot of these claims fall by the wayside. And then mm -hmm. the driver's the only one who got screwed out of the whole transaction. Body shops are busy. Parts yep. are hard to get. So maybe yep. the agent has to help chase down a part. We do that every day. Have to yeah. do these trucks rolling. Yeah, accidents are happening every day, unfortunately. But man, I totally just wrote that one down. That's going to be the next conversation right there. So it's a great conversation because today as we speak, it may not be that way forever. But for the last year and a half, two years, it is a problem. I've had trucks going down August 22nd. I can tell you today they can't get a chip used or new to make that truck go. And it just sets. The question is, does that constitute downtime, parts availability? Does my policy pay for that? Does it pay for the rental of a new truck? I mean, there's a whole lot of conversations to be had on that. We could spend hours on that. All for another day, my friend. All, All right. All for another day. <laughs> you got it. Well, Tony, 
I really appreciate you again, taking the time to just walk through some of this. There's a lot of questions that kind of come up in your mind as you start talking about insurance. Obviously, it's not just, yes, I'm covered. There's a lot that goes into that. And you have definitely peeled back the onion some on that for us. I really do appreciate that. Also appreciate your partnership with us as well. We value you very much. You take really good care of our customers and that's invaluable to us. Before we leave, are there any other final thoughts you'd like to leave with us? Well, I want to thank you for having me on and hopefully we help someone and we spur some insight and questions all at the same time and they get a hold of you and you can service them and take care of them. And to the drivers out there listening, drive safe. Hopefully someday you'll see us and maybe we'll do this little ad campaign where I get to ride to all 48 states and if they see me on the road, they can reach into you and we can give them a prize. Thanks for listening to this edition of the ES Advantage podcast. Before we close out this edition of the podcast, we'd like to take a moment to talk to you about the ES Advantage program. And we would like to ask you the following question. Are you an owner operator or a trucking business owner looking to make your operation more efficient and more profitable? The ES Advantage program with its experienced network of service and support offers the right solutions that can strengthen most any trucking business. Through the ES Advantage, participants will enjoy the benefits of the savings they see on a host of services that are vital to any trucking business. The ES Advantage delivers savings on insurance, maintenance, and tires. The ES Advantage is truly a comprehensive program offering ongoing safety training for people behind the wheel. Participants who are part of the ES Advantage can also utilize the back office and business support services available through the program. ES Advantage members have access to legal services as well as tax accounting and business advisory services. The ES Advantage also features one of the best fuel networks in the trucking industry. Through the ES Advantage, owner-operators and small fleet owners are able to access a broad range of service offerings that place program participants in a position to enjoy a greater level of success in trucking. You can learn more about the ES Advantage program by visiting the following website, es-advantage.com. That website again is es-advantage.com. You can also talk to the team at ES about ES Advantage. The toll-free number to call is 866-811-3033. That number again is 866-811-3033. Once again, thanks for spending part of your day with us on the ES Advantage podcast. As always, ES reminds all professional drivers to stay safe out on the nation's roads and highways as you keep the American economy on the move.